You're listening to the Earn That Body podcast, episode number 63. Welcome to the Earn That Body show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Welcome back, everyone. This is Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body podcast, a podcast that was developed to bring you health, fitness, and nutrition information every single week. I try to make the information quick, easy to get, something that you can take away and make a positive health change in your life each and every week. Well, today, before we get started, I want to bring you a nice, simple health tip for summer. So I live in Austin, it is brutally hot right now, and no matter where you are, it is uh, potentially summertime. And if it's not, well then remember this tip for when it is summer in your area. When it's hot and we need that extra hydration, it is definitely important to be taking in your fluids. But another way you can make sure you stay hydrated is to actually eat high fluid content foods, so hydrating foods. And some of those would include Celery, cucumbers are awesome for hydration. Watermelon has a ton of fluid, as you probably know when you eat it and it squirts all over. Uh, Even things like lettuce and cabbage, these are considered hydrating foods. And so it is something really nice to include in your summer meals because it will also help you stay hydrated. So there's your little summer tip for this week. And today we're gonna talk about a blood test that I had done that went completely wrong (laughs) in so many ways. So I wanna talk to you about some of the things that I learned and what you should be asking your doctor about your blood test and potentially some things that you wanna get checked out. And then there's some things that I learned that I think everyone would definitely benefit from. So let's jump right in and let me tell you about the horrendous time I had with my blood test about maybe a month or so ago. All right, so let's start off by telling you that I was getting my blood work done once a year at my OBGYN. So I would go in for my yearly exam and they would always ask me, do you want to do your blood work? And I always said, sure. And it would always come back fine, but there were always like a couple little spots that would show something abnormal. So you, you sort of get that email and it, and it would always say like, these two things were slightly high, but the doctor says they're fine, they're still within normal limits. One of those was my cholesterol, and that's a whole topic that we can talk about on another podcast. But I always figured, well, for one, I have high cholesterol genetically. So my doctor, the OBGYN, was never concerned about it, so I never really worried about it too much. But the other reason I didn't worry was because I would take those blood tests without fasting. And to get a really accurate read, especially on your cholesterol, you have to do a fast. You have to fast overnight and not eat anything until you do that blood test. So I always sort of dismiss those blood tests as, well, maybe a couple things were showing you know, a little off, but again, I didn't fast. Doctor wasn't concerned, so I wasn't concerned. Well, as I'm about to turn 45 next month, I realized that I hadn't been to my general practitioner in several years, and I'm starting my Ironman training. I'm doing my second Ironman. So I thought, this is a great time to go to my general practitioner and get a full physical, mostly because I wanted to have all my blood work done, and I wanted it done properly. I wanted to know exactly what my cholesterol is. Is anything, in fact, off or in in an odd range? but I wanted to fast before it and I wanted my general practitioner to have all these numbers because it is so important. 
as we get older to, to know where our numbers fall because that way, if anything changes, you have these different baseline numbers to look back on. So if you are not getting a yearly blood check at this point, if you are 40 and up, I have to tell you, I highly recommend you do. And if you haven't had one in a while, go in and get your blood work done because you want to have these baseline numbers, right? You wanna be able to compare to the years after, God forbid anything does change, you'll know, well, was that normal for me? Has it always been that way? So again, I went in, I had my blood work done, and the first thing that I, I mean, I couldn't even believe how much this bothered me, but I have, you have to fast, right? That's the whole reason that I said I was coming in for this special blood test. Well, basically from like 9 p.m. till the morning of the test, which I think was at 8.30 a.m., I couldn't eat anything. So that could just about kill me. <laughs> just so you know, I don't fast. I do not believe in fasting. I do not believe in intermittent fasting. The only fasting that I need to do is when I'm sleeping, and that's plenty. I do not think any of that is good for you, and that, again, is another podcast episode that we could definitely talk about. But I went through the fasting, and I was absolutely dying, and so, you know, they say don't don't take anything in, so I really... I didn't have anything, maybe like a couple sips of water. I went to the doctor first thing in the morning. Everything else was fine. You know, they take your blood pressure, all that. I'm perfect, pulse, all that, no problem. And then I went in and I had my blood work done. Then they tell you, you know, we'll let you know in a couple days. Well, I really wasn't that concerned about it. You know, I just figured, okay, they'll call me. They'll let me know that my cholesterol is high. That's what I was just waiting for. Well, anyway, I get the call a couple days later from the doctor and I take the call and um, they said, so we would like you to come back in and redo all your blood work. So like first I like had like a panic attack because that meant I had to fast all over again and I had just thought to myself, well, I'm glad I don't have to do this for another year. Um, they said a couple numbers came back, you know, uh, a little off and the doctor wants you to do everything over. So I quickly asked, well, which numbers were of concern? Again, assuming it's my cholesterol. Well, to my surprise, they said my serum iron level was very high and my potassium level was very low. So I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. She said, maybe you were dehydrated. So we want you to come back, retake the test, make sure you're hydrated, and we'll see what happens. Well, I wasn't really that concerned. I figured it was dehydration from the fasting. And just so you know, you know, because I was fasting, I didn't even really drink water that morning, but apparently that I should have been. So I was dehydrated. I didn't take in any water. So I, that morning before this next blood test, I made sure I was guzzling down the water so that that could not be a factor. Well, I did request as I walked out from my second blood test to see the actual numbers of the first blood test and never be afraid to ask the doctor's office to get your file, to get your information. I wanted to see the blood work that was done that they felt was incorrect, it needed to be redone, but I wanted to see those numbers. So I went home, I reviewed all the numbers that were highlighted because they basically usually are in bold or they're highlighted. And it said that my AST liver enzyme was high, my iron serum was very high, and my potassium was low. Well, you should know that high iron in your blood for a female athlete 
is very rare, right? Most females in general are anemic, which means low iron, and most athletes that are females are even more anemic generally, very, very low iron in the blood. So it was sort of odd to me that of all the things that was really off in the blood work that it was this iron. And I should note that it did say my LDL cholesterol was high as well, but that was nothing that they had even talked about being concerned about. So I sort of like showed the information to my husband and he said, well, just wait for the results of round two before you start to panic. Cause now I'm like thinking like high iron, what does this mean? And my husband says to me, whatever you do, do not Google it. <laughs> He says, please do not go to Dr. Google. And I know what he means, and it's totally true, right? Because you start to panic, you don't know what something is, so you go to Google and you, you type in high iron, you know, female, and you see what comes up because that's what we do today. That's why Google was invented, right? So, of course, he tells me not to do it, so the first thing I do is I go and I Google it <laughs> for high iron. Well, there's not a lot of reasons for having high iron in your blood, except for people who have had blood transfusions or even a disorder called, they call it HH, which is hereditary hemochromatosis. So I don't get blood transfusions. So now I'm starting to think, oh my gosh, I have this genetic disease, HH. And even though it's very genetic apparently, and no one in my family seems to have it, because of course then I questioned my entire family. Um, I also went on to read about what having high iron does to your body, and it can cause liver cirrhosis, heart problems. Of course, now I'm totally in like a panic state. Something's wrong with me, I'm not gonna be able to do the Iron Man. Like, I'm, start I'm starting to freak out. So I wait a couple days to get my blood results, and again, now I'm not really feeling calm about it. You know, I call the doctor the day after and they said they didn't have it back yet or they said they had it back yet, but the doctor hadn't reviewed it yet. So I waited that whole day, did not hear back from the doctor. And then the next day, waited almost all day and did not hear back from my doctor again. And now I'm getting sort of angry, right? <laughs> because I want my results. And they had just told me that my results were there, but the doctor had not looked at it yet. So again, I called and after a couple disturbing phone calls with a nurse who was annoyed that I was calling, I did finally get the doctor to call me back about an hour later. And that's one of those things also that I highly believe if you have a problem, if you're concerned, call your doctor. Let them call you back, whatever it may be, but don't be afraid to call your doctor. And if there's a problem with you calling your doctor trying to get these results that you're feeling really panicked about, then you're going to the wrong doctor, all right? So I wasn't happy with my nurse, but I was very happy with when the doctor called me. So he called to let me know that with the new blood work that I had done, my potassium levels did go back to normal. So that probably was dehydration. So that part was good. But the iron in my blood was actually even a little bit higher right now. So he went on to explain to me that he suspects I might have one of the genes for HH, this disorder. So I don't have the disorder. He does not think I have the disorder because my liver enzyme went back to normal as well. And if I had the disorder, my liver enzyme would still have been way off. And quite honestly, the amount of iron in my blood, if I had the disorder, would be more like three to 5,000. 
Instead, my number is like 200, and normal is considered like 170, or 170 is like a little bit high, just so you know. So I'm not at that 2,000 to 5,000 level. He doesn't think I have the disorder, but it's definitely a number that concerned him just a little bit. And we were glad now to get this baseline so we know where it is today. One reason why, he explained that when I go through menopause one day, it could become more of a factor. So when you go through menopause, you could get more of an increase, apparently, in that iron um, because you're no longer bleeding once a month. So when you bleed, you, you get rid of some of that iron. And so once you go through menopause, it could become more of a problem or it might not. But again, now we have this baseline number that we know what it is and how to deal with it each and every year. Now, just so you also know, my OBGYN never did blood work on serum iron levels. And my, my doctor told me that most doctors do not, but he feels it's a really good thing to check, and this is why, because every now and then he does find that some people have really high iron serum levels in their blood. So my OBGYN was checking my liver enzymes, and those were always coming back normal, but this was something that they didn't. Again, a great reason to always make sure you go to your general practitioner every year or every couple years and get these things fully checked, a full blood panel, so that you know that everything is okay. Well, the good news is the doctor is not concerned at all. He said, I should not worry, I should not panic, which is of course what you want your doctor to say. And he said the best way to treat this issue for myself is actually just to donate blood two to three times a year. So that will benefit me and help get some of the iron levels out and it's a benefit to other people obviously. My blood is still good blood. He said they would be very happy to have my blood and so if I just donate my blood two to three times a year, he thinks it could actually resolve the issue. So that is what I did. I went out the next week and I donated blood. I had not done that, oh, I don't think for like 10 or 15 years. So I was super happy to be able to, to do that and also potentially help any health issue that I might have. So I feel like I totally lucked out. I am totally fine. According to the doctor, according to right now, things are, are fine. And at one point he does want me to come in and get the blood work done to test me for this genetic gene to see if I do have one of the genes. So that's something that I do plan on doing. Although he said, even if you have one of these genes, we're not gonna do anything different. I don't have the disorder. Um, so not, again, no rush on doing that. So what do you think I learned from this entire experience? First of all, I learned that I am the ultimate Iron Man because I have such high iron in my blood. Ha! Just kidding. Okay, but I do have very high iron. Okay, so what did I learn? Well, the first thing that I learned and I really want everybody else to know is that you really want to get your blood work done probably yearly, in my opinion, if you're 40 or older. If you're 30, get your blood work done so you have a baseline at 30. Like, I've never had the serum iron check before, so I don't really have anything to compare it to. Maybe in my 30s it was even higher and now it's better, or maybe it's always been like this. It, I don't know, so definitely get some kind of yearly blood work done and keep your blood work somewhere that you can find it, in a file, some kind of document online. Start to save this information because it really does help if you have it handy so you can go back and check these things if you need to compare it years later. 
Um, so getting your blood work done, that is one of the most important things because again, if they find something, well then they can hopefully treat it. But if you don't know that you have anything going on, you don't know that you need a treatment. So don't be afraid to get your blood work done. It is likely always going to be fine. The second thing I learned, drink lots of water before your blood test. So you don't wanna go in dehydrated. You have to go in at a fasted state. So you can't eat anything and you can't drink anything but water. So it would have definitely helped me if I had gone in hydrated the first time. So definitely keep your mind on that. And then the third thing is listen to my husband. And don't go on Dr. Google if you don't have to, okay? Do not let Dr. Google turn you into a panic state. Wait until the doctor calls you and see what's going on before you panic. So I should have definitely listened to that one because I definitely did not. Number four, don't be afraid to ask your doctor a million questions until you feel better and understand your situation fully. When my doctor called me, he gave me all the time in the world. I asked a million questions and he put me completely at ease. And I feel like if you have a doctor that doesn't have time for that phone call, then you need to find a new doctor because let's face it, as we get older, more issues are potentially going to come up in our health and it's really wonderful to have a doctor that you can count on and that you can ask these questions to and that they are going to give you that time. And it's hard to find a doctor like that today. I I totally understand that doctors are busy and they're in and out, but he actually told me he didn't call me the day before because he didn't have time to give me this attention and he didn't want to call and be in a rush. So I definitely value that as a doctor. Now, the last thing that I learned and the last thing that I want you to take away from this incredible uh, situation with my blood work, we need to appreciate every day of our life. We need to tell our family that we love them every day. We need to put our cell phones down. We need to be present with our children, with our spouses, even with our friends. We need to stop worrying so much about dropping five pounds because nobody is even going to notice those five pounds. We need to remember that life is precious. So these little scares, you know, this blood work was like this little scare for me. And it really puts you into a different state of mind as to what can I do differently? What if this is it? You know, you you get blood work back or, or once I found a lump in my breast and I thought, this is it. And then you have those moments where you're like, well, then what would I change if this is it? I don't think we should wait for these things to happen in our life. God forbid we get sick to make a change. So these little scares are sometimes important. I'm almost glad that it happened to me because it reminds me that life is so short, life is so precious, and we really need to live it fully each and every day. All right, so there are your takeaways from my blood test fiasco. I do highly encourage you, please go get your blood work done. And I have so many people who listen to the podcast now and they send me emails and they say things like, I'm so glad you did that episode about injuries. I finally went to my doctor and I found out A, B, and C. And I really hope that I get emails about this one that that say, I'm so glad you did it about your blood work because it encouraged me to get mine done and I found out A, B, and C. Hopefully A, B, and C are all good. But again, if we don't investigate, if we don't know what's going on with our body, 
then we can't treat it. And the key is always to treat it as early as possible. All right, there you go. That's everything. We have so much going on in the Earn That Body program right now. All of my programs are online. If you are feeling any of those summer pounds creeping up, and I don't mean the five pounds that we just talked about that we have to be you know, thankful every day and don't worry about your five pounds. If you're starting to feel like that your eating is getting a little out of control this summer and the scale is definitely going in the wrong direction, it's something that you wanna work on so that you can get more fit and more healthy, which will always benefit your blood work, then uh, definitely let me know. Go to earnthatbody.com. I have a lot of programs that will be starting August 28th. Why will they start August 28th? Because that is when almost all the children are back in school. And it is sort of like Mother's New Year's. That's what I call it. It's the New Year's of moms because the kids are back in school and the moms are finally ready to get back on a schedule, back to working out consistently, eating healthy, meal planning, all of that. So all my programs that are coming up, Everything is sold out now until the August 28th timeframe. So I have the 12-week Earn That Body program that includes fitness and nutrition starting August 28th. I also have Shred That Body starting August 28th. That is my probably one of my favorite programs I have. It's a 30-day program to get ripped. You get four amazing strength training videos that I do, and it's a great program. It does include some nutrition as well, so shred that body. There's always back on track the first Monday of every month for any past Earn That Body clients who just have sort of fallen off a little bit and just need a little something to get back on track. And the ETB talks uh, starts once a month as well. It is not a detox because I do not believe in those, but it is a four week program to get your nutrition in line. If any of those sound appealing to you, definitely check out earnthatbody.com. And for athletes, I also now have Fuel That Body that helps you learn how to figure out how much calories, sodium, and overall nutrition you need for your big endurance rides, runs, triathlons, Ironman, all that. So there you go. That's everything coming up. I hope you have a fantastic week. I can't believe summer is flying by. So I hope you go out right now. Enjoy your summer. Have a great week and make it a healthy one. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.